Hello everybody, George Bennett here. Some interesting questions have come up this week and I'd like to share them with you. Um, in the realm of, you know, day-to-day -day living and existing, it fascinates me when people talk about what they do um, to survive, um, what they do for a living, in other words. You can call that a job, work, business, whatever they're doing to um you know, ensure that they sustain themselves, the roof over their head, put food on a table, etc. And what fascinates me is that a majority of the people don't actually like what they're doing. 90% of the people we have conversations with, or I have conversations with, don't actually like what they're doing, but they do it anyway, and they can do it very well. And they seem to be able to do it for a long time. And I needed to understand what is the psychology around this? How can people wake up in the morning for 20 years and do the same routine every single day what about that is driving that complete compliance and why are we unable to break that chain and navigate into a very different path and so knowing very well that i'll face rejection when i asked these questions i decided to go and look elsewhere so I seek the international community, approached the international community to answer this question. Why do people do the same thing for 20, 30 years and they know they don't like it? And the simple answer, by the way, the answer was never simple. It could never be simple because people have very complex lives. But among the biggest motivation that people have given is the fact that the money or the income generated from the job provides a sense of ability to respond to an immediate need. So what is the immediate need? The immediate need is there's a family in distress, there's a child in distress, there's a person in distress, a person who's one paycheck away from starving, a, paycheck who's one, a person who's one paycheck away from um, being homeless. And these are the problems that capitalism creates. Now, I'm not against capitalism. Because I think there needs to be a certain amount of control, ownership over the economy to ensure that, you know, we do the right thing and that the, there's, a, there's, a, there's a systematic approach to, you know, how goods are purchased, at what fair, fair value we acquire these goods so that the supply chain can be created so that everybody else can in turn create opportunities for all of us to also participate in that process. I get that. I understand that. But what fascinates me is the fact that equally that capitalism over the last 15 to 60 years or 100 years have been practiced during um, the perspective of creating a universal, you know, trade pipeline for you know how we experience this thing called life so wherever you go people are practicing a certain form of capitalism we go into a shop to to acquire certain resources that we need we're not nomadic people anymore we don't farm anymore we don't own any land anymore people live in the sky they don't live um on the ground floors they live in apartments very happily live in apartments that is enclosed private security and a clubhouse and a swimming pool but that provides a unique sense of safety for them other than living on the remote areas, open land, and etc. And I asked myself the question, are we missing something here? Why is it that the animals 
do not have to have a job. They eat every day. They never complain about safety, even though within 24 hours, one of them can actually die. Why is it that the universe fulfills their needs? And we seem to be struggling. People are, you know, filled with anxiety, depression, because they know how to pay a bill, can't pay a bill, have never paid a bill, losing a car, lose everything. Why is life designed around some gain, some loss? And why do we call that fair? And so perhaps maybe this is a question you can help me answer because I've never been able to, you know, deeply understand this degree of behavior of human beings that we will continue to do this routine, this dance for a long, long time, even though it brings us absolutely no joy. And for me, the simplicity is do the thing that can bring you joy. Uh, it's very hard to wake up and go to a place where you don't feel appreciated, where you don't feel your work is valuable, where you don't feel that you are recognized. And having observed somebody who worked for a great deal of his life, my father, and the depression and anxiety and stress that he dealt with and ultimately what that led to very problematic behavior, his addiction, etc., I can share with you that the things that we don't speak about often is the things that move us the most. The things that we struggle to speak about often moves us the most. And I, perhaps I'm being a little bit naive to imagine that, you know, uh, empathy can ever find a space within the context of business. Caring about a person is ever good practice because a lot of people say, you know, when you, when you do that in business, people take advantage of you. But I tend to want to understand where the psycho psychology comes from that, you know, you can put people through, you know, an enormous amount of, of stress and pressure in a workplace environment and think that they're going to be okay. You know, this leads to an enormous amount of dysfunction in society. Just look around you, the amount of abuse that's happening, you know, across the gender space the amount of suicides. And I believe that it is because we are ignoring the fundamental principle that human beings strive on connection. Human beings function because they are functioning in, a, in an environment with other human beings. And when we are encouraged to disconnect from that degree of empathy and sympathy and emotions, we become cold. And we can't just be turned on when we get home to our children, to our spouses. We can't just be... Um, because we are switched off at work, we need to be turned on at home. Nobody has been able to successfully practice that. If you are going to be distressed, if you are going to be frustrated at work, you are most likely going to bring that home. And for some of us who work remotely, that is the reason why during COVID people were extremely happy and excited about the prospect of not having to go to the office. We are all back at the office now, and it looks like, you know, just the degree of dependency on medication to cope is back. And I often ask myself the question, is this really the best way to facilitate a process which you call empowerment, job creation? Everybody seems to say the universal standard is being applied here. Everybody's you know, saying that this is the way the world works. But why does it have to work that way? Is there a possibility for us to change it? Can we change it? Shouldn't we change it? Isn't there a responsibility of us to change it? And if we leave it that way, is it going to be 
more detrimental to all of us because younger people are also experiencing depression, anxiety, and also thinking about suicide and all those things. These are the conversations that in the last past two weeks I have been having with people who I believe are just like me going through life, experiencing ups and downs. Things work, things sometimes things don't work, things are delayed. Sometimes things must be pushed back a week, a month, a year. We are not living in a completely vertical or horizontal you know, flow of life. Certain times you know, things happen that, you know, take the wind out of our sails. But how do we bounce back? How do we come back? And where? how do we stop doing the same routine things for the purpose of our survival? When do we start living instead of surviving? Is that an option in the 21st century for us? Are we just going to accept that this is the way the world is structured? The world will always be dominated by the 1% or 2%. And it's impossible to even commit yourself to pursuing it because you'll never get there. And I believe it's because we can now see the lifestyle of people who are very wealthy lives. Before we couldn't see it, there's MTV, there's, you know, million dollar mansions, there's all of these things. There's cable TV, there's internet. We can now see the huge gap in the divide. Some people have houses that they've never lived in. Um, and some people don't even have houses. And some people have five rooms and there's two people in their houses. So the question is, how do we shape a society that at least attempts to bring people closer to living and not just surviving? That is the question. And if we do that, are we going to break the system? Because that is the ultimate fear that if we change the system, we're going to break it. Because socialism is practiced among people who have money. People who have money practice socialism. They bring each other into business deals. They connect each other into opportunities. They practice socialism, but they preach capitalism and private ownership. And so there's this, this cause that I believe society needs to deal with. Otherwise, we're going to real, not really deal with this goal, this millennial goal of um, getting rid of poverty. Eliminating poverty. I don't even know why that is a millennial goal. Because poverty seems to favor some people. If some people suffer, then other people are happy. Because it means at the top end of everything, somebody's making more than what they deserve. I always believe in the organization, if somebody's making a million plus, then the most average person in the company should at least earn 10% of that. 10% of a million is 100,000. So the most average employee in the company should actually earn 100,000 rand a year. Um, many people will disagree with me, but that is, for me, a fair evaluation of value. And evaluating people is opportunities for people to, to grow themselves, to, to be trained. Why is it that organizations are talking about the future that they are not going to be in? Some leaders are talking about the future they're not going to be in, but they're not willing to invest in this future they're talking about. And how do we break the cycle? How do we break this chain of people doing these things routinely that are destroying their lives? Because um, nobody can really understand how illness develops. Illness comes from not being at peace with yourself. 
you are hurting yourself because you are not at peace with yourself. And somebody's forcing you to say that it's, it's okay. And it's not okay. So these are the questions that I believe is going to dominate um, media. Social media is becoming the platform to gain information, to get information. We are not going through mainstream anymore because mainstream is still, you know, highly censored and controlled. Because the people who ultimately advertise on these platforms determine what content goes out. They're not going to speak against certain um, cultures and behavior in society. That doesn't make sense. You're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. But how is it possible for people to go to a job for 30 years, 20 years, do exactly the same thing, and they hate it? 90% of the people say they hate it. But they don't have a choice because they put themselves in a position where they need to pay for a house, a car, children's education. That is the system. But why is the system like that? How can we not change it? Why does the animals get it? They don't have a job. And they outlive us by many moons, by many years. Is it because we don't ask of ourselves, or we don't demand of ourselves a great deal of time or allocate a great deal of time to develop the mind to seek new opportunities and solutions for the problems we have. Is that perhaps the problem? Is it perhaps that we are lazy and we mentally are, 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 are reduced to depending on other people because they know and they are doing it and they are winning at it so we want to copy an existing uh, methodology or existing process instead of creating a new one? And what happens if these industries ultimately cannot survive? Because ultimately they are also driven by profit. So these industries, even though they are big now in terms of monetary size, they will often be reduced so that those who invested early can derive a profit. And so the lifespan of a job in the 21st century is becoming shorter and shorter. We will not have jobs that will be able to retire you and we will not have jobs to, to sustain you for, for more than five years. It is literally impossible. The global economy has shrinked from 8% to below 3%, 6%. The Chinas, the USAs, all of them are increasing their degree of social welfare programs, social investment. Social welfare investment is over 60 billion US dollars. More people are becoming dependent on the government other than depending on themselves. This is a huge problem. So help me with this. Maybe you have the answer, because I certainly don't.